هاي ذا 7 انجينير بودكاست ناو مي عبد الرحمن عاطف اند دكتور غانم كشواني وي ار دوينغ ذا 7 انجينير بودكاست ذات وي كان توك اباوت ذا بينيفيت اباوت ذا 7 انجينير اند ذا فايف وي كان فايف ذا 7 انجينير وي كان دو ذا بيست وي كان دو اند اي هوب يو كان لايك ات ثانك يو ايديز اند جنتل مان جود مورنينج اور جود افترنون ديبيندز اون يور لوكيشن ان ذيس اوبسيت We can speak with Dr. Dean from Carbon Cure. Dr. Dean Fergner received his bachelor's degree in engineering in 1997 from the Department of Civil Engineering, Technical University of Nova Scotia in Canada. And in 2004, he received his PhD of civil engineer from Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Since 2005, Dr. Fergner has been in a number of the ACI 544 and ACI 506 chair of the ACI 544C subcommittee from from 2005 to 2013. ACI, by the way, for none for for people who doesn't know, it's the Association of Concrete Institute. Previously, Dr. Fergot was an associate professor in the Department of Civil Engineer Resource Engineer and assistant director of the Center of Innovation of uh, of Innovation. and infrastructure with Dalhousie University, where he authorized or co-authorized many science papers on performance and fiber-reinforced concrete and many other subjects. He holds several patent bending technology related to the fiber-reinforced concrete and is a specialist in his field. He was also part of the team and developed commercialized Tough Strand SV and Tough Strand SV Creates Lab design software. In 2012, Dr. Dean left Dalhouse University to focus on development on carbon cure technology and he's currently a senior vice president of the engineer of carbon cure technology in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. So good morning, Dr. Dr. Dean. How are you? Good. Good morning. Thank you for the intro. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Sure. <laughs> welcome. When, so- when somebody reads you these intros, sometimes it makes you feel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Bachel, but our great man, Bachel, it's a great experience and great profession to have a guy like you, Dr. Dean. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. Welcome. Yeah. So can you introduce us about ourselves? I hope in the background is just summarized. So can you introduce about yourself? Uh, introducing in addition to what you yeah, want to, the, to introduce? Yeah, yeah of wow. course. Because with this experience, I think we have more. Ah uh, yeah, we have we have lots, and I guess the the story for today is about carbon cure, and maybe I'll give a little bit more about the journey from a university to a small startup company to a company that's now growing quite rapidly. And uh, in before 2012, the founder of Carbon Cure came to the university, and since I had a concrete lab, asked me to do a little bit of work. And I did some work, and I was very curious, you know, like what is this stuff? It's working really well in the lab. And we started to to talk to one another, and I realized that this was a wave. This was the future. And uh, then I decided to uh, to move on from the university and help him to push this uh, technology. And in my uh, my position now has gone from a material specialist to I would say an integration specialist. So we have the science that works in the lab, but you need to get it into lots of different types of concrete plants around the world. And that integration requires uh, somebody to be able to to do that. So that's been my main role uh, of late has been to develop the equipment and and all the associated hardware and um, 
to install it in plants right from Canada, then into the U.S. Now we have some in Singapore. We're moving into Australia, etc. So it's more on the technical implementation. That's my uh, my current role, and we're growing really fast, looking for new partners and such. So it's an exciting time. It is such an interesting shift, Dr. Dean. I mean, I'm in academia. I mean. Not many scientists, they do this sh- um, shift, you know, it is like uh, taking a leap of faith, you know, so it's really interesting because many, they believe that as scientists, they are living in their own bubble and they're afraid to go to the entrepreneurship uh, and the corporate world. So congrats for that. Yeah, no, it wasn't, uh, I guess I was in academia, but I always had an entrepreneurial, um, if you will, uh, desire. So I decided that it was it was doing the uh, the academia only, which which does make a difference. It's, it's important for the world to push the boundary of our knowledge. But you know, I looked at the timing, how long it would take to implement the new technology around the world, and said, is my time better spent to 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 study it or to try to make a difference? And and decided at that time that I should try to make a difference because I had enough. Uh, background uh, skills that I could uh, make a difference, and then uh, I guess the rest up until now is uh, is history. So it was the right decision uh, for me. I do miss uh, teaching, but I think the fulfillment of of taking out millions of cubic uh, kilos of CO two from the environment uh, is more than I could have had from from the university, no matter how many papers I studied. You know, so. Many technologies, you know, from academia, there are many technologies you study, but then they don't get commercialized because there's nobody to, to push them uh, into, uh, into, into being. So I decided after seeing lots of those that I should focus on, on commercialization. So. Wow, what a great experience, Dr. Dean. Actually, we have you to commercialize between the academic and industrial, and you combine it together, which is really practical. That's yeah. fantastic. So what about that? Define what it's about Carbor Cure and what is its concept and how sure. it works. Sure. So uh, I guess there's several levels, but maybe I'll start with kind of our, our large vision, which I think is important when we start making these discussions. Um, our focus is to decarbonize concrete. It's to, because concrete is a quite a high carbon intensive material, but it's a very important material for uh, for human construction, you know. So we want to decarbonize it, but we have to include profitability because with, with it only being cost, the rate at which people will accept it is very slow. So we want to decarbonize, but we want to have profitability as well for the producer. That will accelerate the rate. So uh, what we decided to do was to develop a, a retrofit technology, something that can be added very easily into a concrete production with very low barriers to adoption, because that's important if you want to have if you want to have a lot of impact, you can't have it too complicated or too slow to be adopted. Um, so what we're doing is uh, when we add this low barrier technology, we reduce the carbon footprint. And I'll speak about how we do that in the next little bit. Uh, but we also boost the profitability for the concrete producer, which I think is very, very important for expansion. We increase the quality of the concrete. And uh, ultimately, we reduce the amount of cementitious material or uh, allow them to adjust. And we also create some sales differentiation because the concrete producer can be different than their neighbor who isn't using carbon cure, which I think is quite important. So we work with the industrial people, we work with the construction end user, we work with the government, policymakers, and, and other innovators to really drop the amount of CO2 
in concrete as low as we can. Okay. And we feel like we are, uh, you know, leading that, but we want everybody to follow us. So, you know, we really want to move the concrete industry from being a large contributor to, to carbon to being something that can help remove carbon, you know, because we use a lot of it and we will continue to use a lot of it. So, so that's our, our big, our big vision. But uh, I can get into, if you'd like, kind of the how, a little bit of the chemistry, not too much, uh, if, you, if you'd like as well. But uh, maybe on the next question, because yeah. the next question lines up quite well with, with getting into the details. Yeah, yeah, actually, nice. Actually, because when I heard about carbon cure at the beginning, I even I when I saw even Bill Gates speak about it, I said, "Wow, what a company! That a new entrepreneurship and innovation in civil engineer, and yeah. it's going to really reduce the environment impact and then reduce the cost." And I'm gonna, I was gonna ask you now how it's worked because the people, especially in the podcast, they want to know how the concept. But since you bring sure. it up, so so why not? <laughs> sure, sure. So I, I think you got to look at it three ways. So we have the equipment. And then we have the CO2, you know, the CO2, how it reacts and what it does. And then we have, with Carbon Cure, we have to provide support because anything new, you need to support. So on the equipment, um, we actually have just two boxes. One box that is connected to the CO2. So the CO2 source, you need a tank with CO2. And then you have one uh, box that's connected with the manufacturing facility. So it needs to communicate with the equipment that makes all the concrete you see driving around, uh, especially like a lot of it happens in the Middle East. You see a lot of concrete trucks. So you have these two boxes talking to one another. And uh, when they're batching, we inject a precise amount of CO2 at a precise time. And what that does, it actually creates nano calcium carbonate within the concrete. And that just that process of injecting, reacting, uh, what ends up happening is the concrete gets a bit stronger, which is great. So you absorb CO2. It changes it into a mineral, and that CO and that um, that concrete actually gets better. Uh, but most concrete producers make good concrete, so they don't want to make it even better. So they they look at their mixes and they adjust to get back to the same level. And that adjustment is what takes away a lot of the CO2. So we mineralize some and we don't, and we uh, and we avoid some. So we allow them to do that. So um, and then so. I guess at the high level, the injection goes in, it reacts with the water, it grabs onto a calcium, which is just an ion from cement, creates this nanomaterial uh, calcium carbonate, it gets embedded in the concrete, then the concrete hardens like we all know, um, but it just does that in a better way. So then they, it can be adjusted. And to do all of this, you know, you have this new equipment, you, you have uh, a new technology you need support. So we put a lot of effort into making sure the equipment works properly, making sure that we interface with the quality control people at each plant to explain them how to, to use this new idea, how to evaluate it, and then how to optimize for the lowest GHG or greenhouse gas, so the lowest content. Um, so it's kind of it's equipment, but it if you don't do everything, it, 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 it won't work. So we've had to do equipment, uh, the CO2, and then a lot of technical support to train the industry to kind of accept this situation so what the, so the outcome of the concrete was it will be with the higher strength or the same strength yeah n normally if you if you just put the co2 in you get a higher strength but producers they don't need the higher strength so what they will do is they will optimize they will change how they make it and reduce cement right so then the, the new mixture after carbon cure normally is around the same strength 
as the previous, but it has less material in it, less uh, carbon footprint, and and save some money. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I did read that couple of papers that in terms of durability, it has neutral effect. So even in terms of durability, I mean, we are on the safe side. And as you said, we are using this material and uh, it's good for the sustainability, I mean, goal for the all organization. Yeah, so, you know, having done so much concrete, we have gone into Department of Transportation in the U.S. and Canada, We've actually got recently approval from in Germany where they've looked very scientifically at our process and agreed to uh, to allow us to, to work there. We're in Singapore. So all of these areas have very high, strict quality assurance programs. So that's like phase one. You need to get through that to be accepted. So, um, yeah, so we've, we've done that with an adjusted mix design in a lot of cases. Oh, that's great. And this is one of the good things that we're going to go, like we're going to high strength and also we're going to have an environmental impact. So, mm-hmm. Dr. T, what about the environmental benefit and impact of the carbon cure? You speak it about previously, but we need to be yeah, expanded more. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a little bit more into detail. So, uh, once again, the, the mineralized CO2, we call it mineralized because the CO2 reacts and creates calcium carbonate, which everybody might know as limestone. So, calcium carbonate is limestone. So, we create this material The strength increases, enables producers to reduce the amount of cement in the mixes while making the same strength, right? So that's the baseline of our technology. So it's a win-win. You eliminate the CO2 from the environment. You reduce the amount of cement that you need, which also reduces the amount of CO2 uh, in the construction. So if I look at all of the production we've done to date, which is millions of cubic meters, the average is about 17 kilos less CO2 per cubic meter of concrete. That's about the average of all of our producers. Uh, some of them are higher. Some of them are a little bit lower, depending on their production. But 17 kilos per cubic meter, uh, less CO2 in the environment for every uh, cubic meter. Now, to give some context to the viewers who may not, what is the cubic meter? Most concrete trucks driving around the Middle East, for example, are around between 8 and 10, and some of them are bigger, cubic meters. So each truck could have less than less 170 kilos less or more like 170 kilos less co2 in each of the trucks driving around if we put carbon cure in in every truck in the in the middle east and 170 kilos is a lot of co2 so uh so what does it mean for a typical mid-rise it's a u.s building but uh mid-rise building like carbon cure we have some examples of 600 to 700 tons of embodied carbon less just by using carbon cure same quality concrete, uh, same price concrete, but actually 700 tons. And this is a small mid-rise building. So up till now, we Carbon Care has done almost 1 million uh, truckloads. You can visit the website. You can see how much we've actually done, about 960,000 truckloads. That's the last time I, I looked. Um, and that half of that was done only in the last 12 months. So we are we are growing really, really quickly. And we've saved over 95 million kilos of CO2 from the environment with carbon cure in a very short period of time, in two years. And if you look at the rate, it's going to be quite nice. So, Wow. It means that now we can have a negative carbon car- carbon footprint in the environment, in the building. So instead, the building is going to start from a positive carbon print to a negative uh, scum of the carbon print. That's what we mean. Uh, 
we're working towards that. I can't say that now, but uh, I would say that uh, if you had two buildings side by side, identical, if you take advantage of carbon cure, the one with carbon cure would have quite a bit less uh, carbon footprint. Now, lots of other people are working with other technologies, and we have a lot of, uh, of, if you will, colleagues that are working towards that as well. And that's our goal, is to make concrete eventually carbon neutral. Like, that's the goal. We're working towards it. And you know, Dr. Dean, many people, they don't know that concrete is the second material used by the human after water. So we are talking really about a very tangible impact that you can sense it. Yeah, and it... And sometimes when you want to solve the carbon problem, you think, okay, let's just stop using concrete. Well, we, we can't have a, as a civilization, right? It's, it's too important to, to everything we do, but we can work towards making it with the least environmental impact. And that's kind of part of our, our mission is to try to use technology, try to use as much as we can to, uh, to reduce this important material. And I, I think there is a path for uh, quite a large reduction. If we, if we, implement not only the existing carbon care technology, but a few more technologies that are not, uh, that we're working on that aren't actually out there yet, um, we can we can further reduce that. So um, maybe next year or the year after, we can have another podcast and we can describe <laughs> our, our next technology. We hope that. <laughs> you, know, you know, Dr. Dean, I, I really, what I like in carbon cure that, you know, many people talk about um, decarbonization and about the 250 plan that we have zero carbon emission and carbon is zero. And, you know, the next state is to have uh, the reduction of GH, uh, uh, GHG and uh, the same concept can be worked. So, this technology, it can, it comes to stay. There is a um, sense of uh, longevity and sustainability of it. And I really admire this uh, concept in carbon cure. Yeah, thank you. Um, to, to give an, uh, an additional idea, like we are, we have worked, I think it was last year, we had a unique project where we actually took the CO2 from the cement plant. Because right now, most CO2 doesn't come from cement plant. It comes from uh, final emitter in the gas company. And uh, we use currently the same CO2 as used in beverage. So in Coca-Cola and Pepsi, it's the same CO2. But we decided we wanted to, to make a circle. So we went to a concrete plant, we took the CO2, then we use it in production. And uh, it helped to reduce that. And that, that's quite possible. And we wanted to show what was possible that in someday we're going to have to take the CO2 from any, everywhere the CO2 goes out and use it beneficially. And we have one technology that can use it beneficially. We have a few others in the works that are continue to use it beneficially. And our hope is to take more and more from the cement stack in the future and use it in the concrete industry to, to shrink its footprint. Because right now it's quite large. In the world, it's seven, some people say seven, six, seven, eight percent of all the CO2 in the world goes out of cement plants. We would like to... We would like to reduce that, just squeeze that number while still using uh, a very sustainable material, which is concrete, because uh, a lot of the alternate building materials have a higher footprint or don't have the longevity of concrete, you know, the, the durability, the, the long life. Uh, life span. The life span and life cycle of the concrete, especially when you go to the LEED certification, that's important yes. how to go to recycle the building. Especially yeah. sometimes we need this uh, this recycling can be a big impact. Especially if you go, for example, if you go like in the British court or the American court where it's lead and there is arena for the British system, they are considering that about recycling of the building. Yeah. And this is really right. important for carbon cure, for the carbon, where you can recycle and get the carbon back. 
Yeah, yeah. Or, or you can reuse it. For example, you can crush concrete and then you can reuse it back in concrete. So you can use it as an aggregate. So that is permanently, you know, it's, it's only one time where some other materials, uh, they decompose and they go up. So, Now that cool. one of the most, uh, thank you, one of the most important thing about the carbon cure is the cost. Especially here, for example, I will tell you in the Middle East, in the Middle East, we have like 20 concrete suppliers. And yeah. the price is competitive there in the Middle East. Like yes. especially in, like in Dubai, especially, like I would tell you, I like more than 20 concrete suppliers. That's what yeah. my knowledge, actually. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so is it using this technology, can it reduce the cost, especially in the Middle East, the cost is one of the more important factors here. Yeah, I, I would say that the, that cost uh, is important everywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's yeah. quite a competitive market. Um, yeah. So what I would say is... Uh, Producing carbon cure reduces the amount of cement need, which is which is a cost, it's a savings, right? Uh, it allows you to optimize your mixes, so that also is savings, and helps reduce the carbon footprint. Okay, but five percent cement reduction means quite a bit of percentage of the cost of concrete reduction. And when you look at it, the way that we uh, promote this is you will save cement. You will have to pay uh, a licensing fee to carbon cure, no upfront fee just a licensing fee, um, and you'll have to pay for the CO2, but you will still have profit in your pocket. So if you implement it, it'll be more profitable than the concrete you have have now, right? That, that was the way that we could accelerate the adoption of, of carbon cure. If it was to be a cost adder, it's a lot more difficult and we would not have made the progress we've made today. So we worked for, to, uh, to have the cost lower. So the concrete oh. with carbon cure is actually lower to produce Uh, right, then the concrete without carbon cure. Now, remember, all of these producers have to put in some of their time. So uh, I would still say that the price in the market normally is about the same because these producers have to, to work with us, take their technical folks, optimize. So the price in the market we see is pretty level, but the producers themselves get a bit more prof profitability When you, especially when you consider that the, their margin is quite low, the concrete industry because of competition is quite uh, quite fine. Yeah. So uh, you know, no upfront cost, a licensing fee based on the amount, uh, a monthly fee, uh, no interruption. So your production continues, which is good because if you have to implement something that slows production in these big plants, that's a problem. Uh, we have technical support sales support to help them sell and differentiate themselves, which I think is very important, especially in the Middle East where everybody is fighting to have an advantage. If you have an environmental advantage, that's quite, that's quite important. Um, so, yeah, it's, so, uh, Dean, that's why we've uh, grown. Um, I, I totally believe, as you said, if you are just a cost adder, um, there will be not, not uh, a progress and you are making a such a, uh, a progress that uh, is impacting, um, I mean, the, uh, the whole civil engineering world. And um, my my observation that I think the world need to know about the life costing and instead of focus about capital cost or the direct cost, we need to have the life costing and how we should implement it in the cement industry. I think this is really will help to appreciate and, um, and to know the, the main um, concept about carbon cure and its technology. And as you said, it will be a win-win situation for everybody here. Yeah, I, I think it, our mission is more about making an impact 
right? Like you need you need to to fund it, but the impact is quite important. So when we decided to to go to this monthly uh, licensing model, the, the idea was you're saving money and then you're paying a portion and you still have money yourself. So you the risk you've taken to adopt something new has a bit of reward in it rather than being forced. And we felt that that would accelerate the amount of production plants. And the way we see it is every plant that has carbon care on, the, on a truck uh, or on a logo is a plant that is reducing the GHG significantly from the environment. So we want as many of these plants uh, as possible and as quickly as possible, right? Because I don't think this problem we can just let it go slowly for the next 20 years because we will be too far ahead. So we need to force it as fast as we can. And to do that, you need to get creative. You need to get creative on the equipment, the cost structure, et cetera. And that's what we've that's what we've focused on with the purpose of accelerating adoption. That's been our main target. Wow, that's really nice. Like for example, of course, that was one of the most important factors, especially here, as I said, present the Middle East. Okay, like okay, the meat carrot will be cheaper for the for them. So my next question was, is carbon queue gonna enter to the Middle East? Or they're gonna be yeah. soon, especially especially, you know, in the Middle East, we have now new projects coming, for example, in the in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, in Saudi. We have a big, you know, we have a big project there. Yeah, we actually uh we started last year implementing an aggressive plan. So uh any new technology, you kind of have to get really good at it around where you're at and you get comfortable you understand the process uh, we spent uh, almost a year looking around the world to make sure that what we were doing in the u.s also applied uh, in u.s and canada applied in the rest of the world we spent that time getting pre-approvals uh in different areas like europe and and uh, south asia and uh so we are aggressively expanding and looking for partners in, in uh, different regions. Um, I know that we have been looking at the Middle East and we've been looking everywhere around the world. And we have a sequence plan based on on rapid uh, adoption. So yeah, we, we will be in the Middle East at one point, probably relatively soon, but that's more for one of my colleagues, uh, Kaya, who is, uh, is doing that expansion. And we've got you know, every week we have new partners in Australia and, and Singapore and South America. So we're growing and we're growing quite quickly. And uh, I think you'll see us on a truck or a plant in the Middle East in, the sh- in, in, in very short order because it's such a large user of, CO2, uh, of cement and a large producer of concrete due to the, to the expansion that's happening. So uh, you kind of have to go to these areas, right? You have to go to where the concrete is being made. And the Middle East is one of the big places for it. So. Yeah, actually, there, yeah, in the Middle East, especially, of course, you, as gone because now they start implementing a lot of new technology. For example, here is, we start implementing that, especially in Dubai, they start implementing the 3D printing now. Yeah. Even they start printing, yeah. And now they start with other technology. So, I, because I was thinking about now, have you ever tried to contact anything? Uh, I, I, I know maybe it's not, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not. You know, it's, it's too private to ask about this question. So have you contacted anyone from the Middle East and what was the obstacle you find it? Sure. I, I think we've talked to many. And at this point, we I don't think we have a direct obstacle. Uh, I've worked a little bit in the Middle East, so I know the equipment and, and uh, the production. So that's not the obstacle. It's really about picking the markets we can enter really quickly and uh, and move. And I think the Middle East is one of those. We just need the timing. And you know, this recent uh, this recent pandemic has slowed a little bit of 
of of decision making on that. Uh, but I don't think there was any obstacle that way. Uh, but we had a few, uh, I would say, more strategic places initially because we needed to do some work. Like, uh, for example, Europe requires a lot of work for pre-approval of using technology, right? So we had to go through this process for almost almost a year to 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 do the testing and to get pre-approval. Um, so we decided to do that because it was really close to us. We have some uh, some people there. Uh, and then uh, we're going in different places. So the Middle East is eventually going to be there. But if, if you look oh. at Carbon Cure in, in North America, like the office where I'm at is on the East Coast. And then there's another office on the West Coast. So when you go from there, I go down to Europe and my colleagues can go to uh, Southeast Asia. So eventually we will eventually meet around the other side and we will uh, we will continue to, to do work in the Middle East, I suspect. Uh, Dr. Dean, uh, I totally agree with you that there is no direct obstacle. I think it is um, part of it is about the culture. I mean, um, as McKenzie reported, that uh, construction agriculture is very conventional uh, industry, and people, I mean, they are not picking up the technology. Like comparing the construction industry with telecommunication, you cannot compare the lead that of technology adop- adoption that is happening. But I think with industry 4.0, this should be. Uh, should be changed. I mean, uh, people are going towards sustainability. And again, we need to be good. We need to be sustainable, not to look. To look good and to be good is totally different game. And these technology will make us uh, in construction industry to be sustainable, to be good, to, to have, as I said, tangible impact that people, they can feel it. So I would say, I think it is mainly maybe the culture of the business in general, like international construction. And of course, part of it is here in the Middle East. Yeah, you know, I I mentioned that I spent a little bit of time in the Middle East with with a few producers, and um, they were pushing sustainable even 15 years ago, uh, quite quite hard. So I think there are some really aggressive producers who, who will look at a technology and adopt it. We just need to uh, carbon cure needs to get the bandwidth to get out there. And we have, you know, one year ago we have an expansion plan. We have a, a relatively small team, so it just it's going to take a little bit of time. But there's I have no doubt. Uh, you will see carbon cure in the Middle East in in the coming year, a year or two for sure. Uh, it's part of our plan. The aggressive growth, the aggressive targets for for reductions of of greenhouse gases or of carbon means that we're going to have to. Like it, it, there's no choice. We're going to have to. So you'll see us. You'll see the logo driving around uh, the Middle East. I'm sure of it soon. I hope soon we're going to see that the logo because I, that will be guide one of the cool technology. And trust me. When we go with that mentality of the of this in the Middle East, people will start going using it. Especially, mm-hmm. especially many clients will gonna use that. Especially when they because many clients will go from a, as we said previously, cost perspective. And we mm-hmm. say once they are saying it's lower, a little bit lower than that, that would with a high strength concrete, they will go for it. Would wouldn't it be neat to to take CO2 from various parts of the Middle East and then to use it in the concrete and the infrastructure in the same area, you know? To grab the CO2 and, and put it in the concrete, reducing the overall CO2 uh, of the area. I mean, yeah, fantastic. that's the idea. Nice to meet you. Nice Thank to meet you. Thank you very much. It, it was great chatting with you, telling telling our our uh, little story from over here in, in North America. And uh, I look forward to someday maybe being in the Middle East and uh, looking you guys up and having a coffee or something. Uh, I hope one time we can meet you. Installing plants. Yeah. I hope one time we're going to meet you.
They agree yeah. that I, I was interested to meet like this like entrepreneurship company because especially here in the that we have in the Middle East, with like in the Middle East, especially like people don't think about going to this technology, especially mm-hmm. in civil engineering and construction and the new tab. It's gonna be safe, it's gonna be really have a good impact in the future. I think we have to. The industry is going to have to do something, and you know, we are one of the things they can do. And uh, I think we can show them because we've uh, we've been able to convince uh, people of this around North America, and we're going quite well. I think we have almost 300 ready mix plants. So I know the Middle East has 20 producers, but 300 ready mix plants is a lot of, of plants, uh, and uh, and we're growing like doubling every year. So we're growing quite quite well. And uh, so I, I think if we're able to do that in our area, we we can get the message through. In the Middle East and uh, get people to start using it. Thanks, Dr. Dean. You know, um, scientists like you, and um, and then uh, he went from academia to entrepreneurship. And I can see you are a very successful entrepreneur. And I mean, this is a really good example. And so it was an honor and pleasure, me and Atif, to host you. And uh, as you said, hopefully to see you either in Canada or here in the Middle East. And um, again, thank you for all the information. You're very welcome, guys. Um, Thank you again. I hope you have a good evening. Same to you. Thank you very much. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching this episode. What do you think about carbon cure technology? Do you like this technology? Why do you think this technology is impactful and helpful for the environment? If you like or if you want any comment about it, you can send us an email or drop us in a speak pipe. If you want to know more about carbon cure technology, we will put one or two videos introductory there about carbon cure, and we'll put their website and their social website link in our show notes. If you want to watch our episode, you can have a look and watch other episodes of the Five podcast, and we are in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on all other podcasting platforms. Watch and subscribe, and good luck, and take care, and thank you. To wrap it up this episode, hopefully you're gonna like it. I wish you the rest of work and good luck and see you another episode. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. See you guys. Have a good day and good night. Thank you. Good night.